Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Unscripted, the Cardiac Hill podcast. I'm your host, Corey Cohen, and in this episode, 100%, we will be talking about that huge that statement win that Pitt had against Virginia Tech, 28-7 in Blacksburg at Lane Stadium where they're playing Enter Sandman, a huge victory for the Panthers that they got under the lights in a hostile environment that now makes them favorites in the ACC Coastal. What a huge win. That was a statement win. I said on the last episode of this podcast that this game, the Pitt-Virginia Tech game, would decide the ACC Coastal winner, that it would be the most important game in the ACC Coastal and likely the most important game in the season, really, when it comes to, to pit football winning the Coastal and having a chance to win the ACC, that it would come down to this game, that the Coastal champs were either going to be Pitt or Virginia Tech. They had to win this game, even on the road, even in a tough environment. They had to win it, and they did, and they won it comfortably. And what's also interesting is, they won it in a different way. This is different than how we've seen Pitt play so far this season. What we've seen from the Pitt Panthers so far this year is, I hate to use the term, but a high-octane offense where you've got an offense that's scoring five touchdowns or more per game that is just incredible. Kenny Pickett is throwing 300-plus yards every single game. And then on the other end, you see the defense struggle. You see the defense give up a lot of points and blow some assignments and blow some coverages, and that's that's been a problem for the Pitt defense this year. So that's what we've been seeing is these high-scoring games, and maybe the defense can hold a team to three touchdowns, but ultimately it's going to be the offense that's relied upon to win the game. And this was just completely different. The offense was pretty good, but... Not how they've been all season. This was an offense that that played just a different kind of ball game, and they did that because they could. They did that because the defense was really good. This was the first time that a Pat Narduzzi-led Pitt team has held an ACC team to seven points or fewer. That's wild. 
for a guy who came in as a great defensive coordinator, who's all about defense, who preaches defense, whose team has been built with defense, who's had a ton of defensive players who have been great and then gone on to the NFL. It's absolutely wild that this is the first time that an Arduzzi-led pit defense has held an ACC team to seven points or less. It's wild. But they played so well in that game, so incredibly well. And it allowed the pit offense to play a different kind of game. I mean, this pit defense only allowing seven points. Virginia Tech's a good football team. They didn't look very good on Saturday, but they're a good football team. And to be able to hold them to just seven points is pretty remarkable. Eric Hallett had a really good game. He had one interception uh, and then uh, got uh, a conference player of the week honor. So a huge honor for Eric Hallett. Um, and then you've got Kalijah Kansi. He had a monumental sack. It was maybe the best sack I've seen for a pit player since Aaron Donald. Remember that play with Aaron Donald where he tackled two people at once? He took down the quarterback and uh, the, the blocker, and he just bear-hugged the two guys and took them both out at once? This is the best sack I've seen since that. This was Kalijah Kansi, who barreled over the blocker, and he then tackled the quarterback, sacked the quarterback, with one arm. It was incredible. It was absolutely wild to see, but it was powerful. And again, that's the kind of defense that Pat Narduzzi wants to run, that Pitt wants to run. And Kalashikansi just had a, a huge play uh, that was really exciting to see. Servasier Dennis had a really good game. The defense as a whole just played really very well. And it allowed, because they played that well, it allowed Pitt and the Pitt offense to just play a different game than they have been. And then there's the question of, well, are they going to be able to do that? Because just like Pitt's defense hasn't been able to hold teams to seven points or fewer, and just like, like Pitt's defense hasn't been able to put the offense in a situation where it's just about clock management and running down the clock and getting out of there, Pitt's offense, they haven't been tested in that scenario and in the kinds of things that you need to do to run out the clock in a game that's not what Pitt is known for Pitt is known for passing the ball they're known for Kenny Pickett passing the ball working the ball down quickly uh and and you know big numbers this required the offense to be almost the opposite of that to grind it out to have long drives, to have a bunch of running plays, successful running plays where you get first downs, you move the chains, and you take your time, and you can keep your defense off the field. That has not been the case. It's been that Pitt's offense moves pretty quickly, the defense gets on the field, then they're out of there quickly, and then the offense has to go back on the field. But in this one, the defense did its job, and then there was the question of could the offense do it, and they did. This was an offense that... For all season, the running game hasn't looked very good. Been problem with the backs, problem with the blockers. It was so good on all fronts on Saturday. The run game was stellar. First, the offensive line. They were so good. It's incredible how good at run blocking the offensive line was. There was a huge third down play where they were able to create enough gaps and reliable gaps that Israel Abanaconda could essentially 
be Le'Veon Bell when he was uh, with the Steelers, and, and he would just be able to sort of stand still in the middle of 11 guys trying to tackle him. He could just stand still, wait for the holes to open up that his offensive line was creating, and then just go through those. It was pretty remarkable to see, but on multiple occasions, the offensive line did their job, which again, we have not seen so far this season, is them being able to create a reliable running game. But they were able to hold off that defense. It was really amazing to see that they could just hold their the blocks and and allow the running back, whether it was Abanacanda or Davis, to get through. It was pretty remarkable uh, to see how easy it seemed, in a way, for these running backs to get through. Because the blocking was just that good. And like I said, there were multiple plays, if you go back and watch that game, where you see these gaps that the offensive line is creating. And my goodness, it it's like any any running back could get through those because of how well the offensive line was blocking. And massive credit to them. That is a huge testament to them. They have not had a very good season thus far. Probably the biggest question mark going into this season. They didn't reassure anyone really at any point this season. And then in this game, when they're called upon to really step it up in the run blocking, they did it. And they created these huge gaps and allowed the running game to uh, to thrive. Another person you, you have to shout out, uh, Israel Abanacanda. He was so good. He broke out and proved that he is the starting running back of this football team. He had 140 yards in the game. In a game when they needed him, he did not fumble the ball. He did not have any stupid mistakes, like going out of bounds when you're trying to run the clock down. He did exactly what he had to do. And in that, 140 yards and almost 7 yards per carry. That's what's really remarkable. When you run an offense where your goal is to grind down the clock, what you have to do is basically you've got three downs on the ground to get a first down, maybe even two because then you don't have to you know, worry for the third down should you pass uh, and, and take that chance or should you run. But if you're able to get it in two and then you could just keep doing that reliably, that's incredible. And... The fact of the matter is, when you've got almost seven yards per carry, you just check the math, that's getting a first down on average every two carries. Um, that's pretty incredible. So that means that when Pitt had to ice the game, they could hand the ball to uh, to Israel Abanacanda, who could run the ball twice and on average get a first down. And maybe you give it to him a third time and he gets a first down. And that's it. And then you keep the ball, and you keep the clock moving, and that's all you have to do. And so the fact that they were able to do that was pretty incredible. I mean, down the stretch in that game, they had a 10-minute drive. A 10-minute drive late in the game to ice the game to prevent any chance that Virginia Tech could come back in that one. The offense held onto the ball for 10 minutes. That's remarkable. And so because they were able to do that, Pitt never really gave Virginia Tech a chance. Once Virginia Tech went into halftime and, and partway through the third quarter and their offense wasn't doing anything, that was it. Because Pitt's defense continued to play well, but the offense didn't allow Pitt's defense to get on the field. They let them sit on the bench while they just ate up all the clock in the world. 
it was pretty incredible that, again, late in that game, late third quarter into the fourth quarter, that they just did not allow Virginia Tech any chance to come back into the game and that there really was no doubt. At, at no point, I know Pitt fans by nature are neurotic, and when it got to 28-7, everyone starts panicking. Oh, God, is this going to be it? Is this going to be where Virginia Tech comes back? After that Virginia Tech touchdown, there were no more points scored, and there didn't need to be. Pitt didn't need to score. They just had to hold on to the ball. And they did that, again, a 10-minute drive. And the defense really stepped up. So what's really incredible, at no point, for me, at no point, after it became 28-7, was I concerned or did I think that Virginia Tech would come back and uh, really make it a close game, let alone win. I didn't think they'd make it a close game because of how well Pitt was playing in the way that they were playing. They were just killing the clock. That's all they were doing was killing the clock, running the ball, keeping it moving, keeping the defense off the field. It was incredible. And it just shows that Pitt can win ball games in completely different ways. We've seen that Pitt can win in a shootout, that they can score a ton of touchdowns and a ton of points, that Kenny Pickett can air it out and have a great game, and that they can win in that way. But it's really important that a team is able to win it in this way, where they can grind it out, where they can run the ball against a good defense, a talented defense, and if they take the lead, then continue to run the ball, kill the clock, and get out of there. You don't need to win with style points. You don't need to win by a million. You just need to get out of there with a victory. And Pitt proved in that one that they're able to, if they've got a lead, to kill the clock, to run the ball, and to get out of there with a win. And that's huge. It could be huge coming up just this weekend against Clemson. Because Clemson, their offense is not very good, but their defense is. Their defense under Brett Venables still really good. And they're not going to allow Pitt to score many points. And if that's the case, if Pitt only has 14 or 17 or 20 or 21 points against Clemson, but your defense is playing well, that offense, you're going to need to play like you did late against Virginia Tech. Run the ball, grind the clock out, and bring that one down. And so it's going to be really interesting to see moving forward if they can keep that up. Because so far, it's really looked like Pitt has shown that they can win in multiple ways. They can win in an offensive battle, a duel, a shootout, or they can grind it out and win an ugly game. And either way, they're going to walk out of there with the W. So that was huge to see from the Panthers. Not just can they win and did they win comfortably, but can they win in this kind of a way where they have a lead and then they leave no doubt as to whether they can keep it. Just pretty incredible what they were able to do. Uh, like I said, before this game, in the last podcast episode, I said whoever wins this game is the easy favorite to win the ACC Coastal. And that if Pitt were to beat the Hokies, that they would 100% be the favorites to win the ACC Coastal. That they'd be on a glide path to win the Coastal. And it's always a little bit nerve-wracking when you put glide path and pit in the same sentence, because normally they'll do something that will, they'll, they'll trip over their feet. I don't think it's happening. I think that Pitt, not only are they the front runners to win the coastal, I'm saying that Pitt will win the coastal. And I'm not normally an optimistic person when it comes to this, especially when it comes to Pitt. 
but I really think, yeah, they're going to win the Coastal. I would not have uh, bet anything leading up to this that that, that was going to be the case. I did pick Pitt to win, but I thought that it was going to be close and a little ugly. Um, I, I thought that they probably wouldn't cover the spread, which got up to six and a half. I thought Pitt would probably win by three or four points. They proved me wrong. They stepped up in a big way. And yeah, because of that, I'm I'm in. I think this team is legit. I have bought in. And I think, yeah, they're going to win the Coastal. That's it. They're going to win the Coastal. And they're going to win most of their games moving forward. I could see them losing one. I could see maybe losing two. I still don't think that's going to happen. I think they'll they'll win all of their games except for one. If I were to have to guess right now, I think maybe they lose to Miami. Uh, could be Virginia. Obviously could be Clemson. I think they beat Clemson. I think they beat Virginia. I could see Pitt losing to Miami. But overall, I, I've bought in. I think this Pitt team is legit. I think they're going to win the Coastal. And I think they've got a real chance to win the ACC. And that's incredible. Absolutely credible. Uh, in, incredible. Because this Pitt team, like I said, they, they've been able to show that they can win in multiple ways. And that even if Kenny Pickett doesn't throw 300 yards, that they can go out there and win a game comfortably. And that's going to be important. When you look at the the scoring differential so far, in Pitt's ACC games, they've outscored their opponents 80-28. to 80-28. to 28. Just remarkable that between Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech, two good teams. Georgia Tech, going into the season, no one really thought they were going to be that good. They turned out to be a pretty good team. Uh, and they dropped 52 points <laughs> on Georgia Tech. And then against Virginia Tech, 28-7. to 7. They only allowed seven points. Uh, from the Hokies, Virginia Tech scored 21 points on West Virginia. They scored 29 points on Notre Dame. They only scored seven on Pitt. That's remarkable. That in the, the three Power Five games that Pitt has played thus far, Tennessee and uh, Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech, that they have played so well. And... Yeah, so because of that, yeah, I, I think this Pitt team is going to win the Coastal. And they've still got some tough games ahead. I mean, it's early. They've played two games in the ACC. And part of my confidence is not even so much in Pitt as it is the rest of the Coastal has not looked good. Uh, they beat Virginia Tech. That was, like I said, probably the toughest competitor uh, when it comes to the Coastal. Miami, I thought was going to be better. They don't look great. And I still think that Miami can beat Pitt. But ultimately, they've already lost two games in the ACC. They're 0-2. And so I don't think Miami has much of a shot to win it, even if they beat the Panthers. Duke isn't good. North Carolina, who came into the season ranked, is supposed to be really good. They lost to Virginia Tech, and they lost to Georgia Tech, and they lost to Florida State. So they've got no way of winning the ACC Coastal. Uh, and then Virginia is the last one. Virginia, they have looked pretty good. Again, they've they've lost two games. They've lost to North Carolina and they've lost to Wake Forest. I don't think that Pitt loses. I don't think that Virginia Tech, the, excuse me, that Virginia wins the rest of their games, and also that Pitt loses two, including one to Virginia. 
I just don't see it. So I think the Panthers are going to win the ACC Coastal. And I think there's a real shot if they win the Coastal to win the ACC Championship game. Because it wouldn't mean getting blown out like Clemson like every other ACC Championship game. This year is wide open. And so it's more important than ever to win the Coastal this year and to get into the ACC Championship. When Pitt did it a few years ago, that was what we all expected. It was a blowout, and there was no chance that Pitt was going to win that game or probably even keep it close. It was, okay, you won the Coastal, that's fun, but you're just going to get blown out by Clemson. This year, they'll have a chance to win the ACC. That would be huge for this program. And I I really think that this is the year that they can do it. And I, certainly I think it's the year that they will do it when it comes to winning the Coastal, giving themselves a chance in the ACC uh, championship game. And I would not at all be surprised if they're able to win the ACC. That is how much I have bought into this team and how well they're playing. Just absolutely huge. We'll take a very quick break, come back, and then talk about Clemson on the way up and, uh, and what it's going to mean. So stay with us. You're listening to Unscripted, the Cardiac Hill podcast. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, we are back. So, Pitt versus Clemson. This is pretty remarkable that this game is happening in which the Pitt Panthers are ranked number 23 in the country and Clemson is not. Clemson that won a national championship a couple of years ago. Clemson that's in the playoff every single year. Clemson is not ranked. And Pitt is. I don't know what's more wild, that Clemson isn't ranked or that Pitt is. Either way, both absolutely crazy, but it's paying off. And the really the only downside of where things are is, yeah, that Clemson didn't do their part. And again, how wild does that sound? That if you wanted a ranked versus ranked matchup to come into Heinz Field, that it's Clemson that didn't do their part. Pitt was able to get ranked. Clemson couldn't. And... But either way, even if Clemson isn't ranked, it's Clemson. If you know much about college football, you know about Clemson. They have been so incredibly good in recent years. And they are the brand outside of Alabama, really. Maybe Ohio State. But in terms of Blue Bloods, in terms of royalty in college football, Alabama number one. But after that, yeah, you're looking at Clemson and Ohio State. Maybe a bit of Georgia. Maybe LSU, but it Clemson way up at the top. And they're going to be coming into Heinz Field. 
and Pitt has a real chance to beat them. When people looked at this matchup years ago, when Pitt joined the ACC and the scheduling worked out, okay, you're going to play Clemson every six or seven years, and so then they're going to come to Heinz Field once every 12 to 14 years. It was, you know, okay, they'll come to Heinz Field, there'll be some traveling fans, that'll, you know, that'll be kind of fun, but it'll be a blowout. There's a real chance that Pitt can win this game. This is a huge opportunity for the Panthers. And if you're in the Pittsburgh area and you're listening to this podcast and you're not already planning on going to that game, go to the game. Do whatever it takes to go to the game. Get to that game. Because this is going to be gigantic for the program. This is going to be one of their most important games, maybe the most important game in over a decade. Now, it's not most important by passion because that was when Pitt played Penn State and you were able to to get a win over a rival, or you could even say West Virginia. But certainly because it was more rare when Pitt played Penn State that first time, that was a huge game when it comes to passion. I, You know, that was more important. I get it. On paper, it might not even be the most important game of the year because ultimately Clemson is not in your uh, division. And so this isn't a game where you have to, if, if you win, that's also giving a loss to a team also in the coastal. So on paper, it might not be the most important. It might not be more important than last week where not only does Pitt get the win, but you give Virginia Tech the loss. And now all of a sudden Pitt heavy favorites to win the division, to win the coastal that's not the case here. It doesn't. If Pitt gets the win, that's great. It doesn't really matter that Clemson loses. If you're Pitt, you don't really care about that. In the division, you really care that not only did Pitt, did Pitt beat Virginia Tech, but that, that, that the Hokies lost. That's huge. So that's not there in this. So it's not the most important game in passion, and it's not the most important game on paper. But I would say in terms of reputation... In terms of reputation to the outside world, to college football in general, this is probably the most important game for Pitt football since 2009 when they played Cincinnati. I really do. I think this is that huge. Because if you're a college football fan in Kansas or in Texas or in Florida or in Wisconsin, or wherever you are, and all of a sudden you see down on the bottom scroll of, of ESPN or whatever you're watching, and they show the top 25 teams, and they're going to see Pitt is going to be on there. Pitt is ranked, and initially that's going to be getting people to say, oh, huh, Pitt's ranked. I guess they're pretty good. That's interesting. And in college football, reputation is huge. Reputation to people who don't watch every game, including, by the way, the people that rank. The the college football writers, they're not watching every game. And and they shouldn't. I mean, they have a job to do. If you're a college football writer for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, you're covering the pit game. That is your job, is to cover the pit game. Which means that you're likely at that pit game. Uh, or at least that is what you are watching diligently. And you're covering it after. So maybe you can watch a bit of a game before, maybe you can watch a bit of a game after, but for the most part, you're checking the scores, maybe you're checking highlights. 
and you you can't watch every game. But what you see is you see who's ranked top twenty-five, and what everyone sees, whether it's the AP voters, whether it's the coaches who vote in in their poll, whether it's just anyone who cares about college football. You see the rankings, and you see the names, and you'll see that number one, that Pitt football is ranked, which is huge, and number two, you'll see that Pitt played Clemson, and that Pitt, if you get this win, beat Clemson. That's monumental for this program. I don't care that Clemson's not that good this year. And by the way, not that good for Clemson, still really good. Clemson is still really good. But, okay, they're not who they normally are. It's not usual Clemson. But if you have those two things, if you're ranked and you beat Clemson, one of the top brands in college football, that's going to move the needle. And in college football, it's it, you got to move the needle. This isn't the NFL where it doesn't really matter... This is about recruiting, it's about perception, it's about enrollment and endowment and media and all of that stuff. You need to move the needle. You need to get people to pay attention. You need to build up the brand. And the brand for Pitt of being ranked, of having a good chance to win the ACC, and of beating Clemson would be huge for this program. So, as I said, if you're in the Pittsburgh area, you got to get to this game. If you're in the Pittsburgh area and and you don't have a prior commitment, I should say, you got to get to this game. Do what you can to show up. I'm on the other side of the state and I've got work and I'm still trying to think, oh, is there a way that I can show up? Is there a way that I can get to this game? And it doesn't look, unfortunately, like it's going to be able to work out for me, but I'm still, oh, could I make it here? Could I? I mean, that's how important I think this game is when it comes to reputation. And by the way, one more thing in terms of reputation is, and I, I hate that this matters, is attendance. This needs to be a well-attended football game. So if you're in the Pittsburgh area and you don't have a prior engagement and you're listening to this and you aren't planning on going, plan on going. Pitt fans have to show up for this and Pitt has to get the win. It would be gigantic for the program. Like I said, biggest game in over a decade in terms of reputation. And so, so people, if you can make it to the game, make it to the game. Pack Hines, that's what they're all saying. They're saying, everyone, wear royal blue. They want this to be a blue out. So everyone, if whatever it is, I don't know if you've got a gray shirt or if you've got a yellow shirt or the old colors, but wear royal blue. You can wear something under it. You can wear royal blue to the game. Uh, buy your tickets from, ideally from Pitt. Because they're just going to be cheaper. So if you're looking, okay, what's the cheapest way? Literally just Google pit football tickets. And the top uh, result that isn't an ad is going to be on the Pittsburgh Panthers website. You can buy individual tickets from there. And it's going to be cheaper than buying them from any reseller. Uh, so you can buy them directly from Pitt. Make it to the game. If you've got season tickets and you can't make it, make sure that someone has them. Uh, if... You can maybe sit on the away side because, again, unfortunately, just how it works is that the camera doesn't show the home side where it's normally really crowded. It shows the away side where normally there aren't a ton of fans. So if you can sit on that side, it's not even really the away side. I mean, it's the side that the other team, they're on that sideline. But that's not where their fans sit. Their fans have a separate section and then fans can just sit anywhere. But it's just the other side of the stadium. But that's the side of the stadium where the cameras point to. So it doesn't matter how many people are on the home side if the away side looks pretty empty. 
Fortunately, it's going to be a bit chilly, and that side will be in the sun. So maybe sit in the away side. And then when the camera shows the game, even if the home stands are packed and the away stands, the away stands will look good. So maybe sit on the away side, think about it, and uh, you know the stands will look good. It'll look crowded, which will be important. Most importantly, it has to sound crowded. It has to sound full, and uh, you know fans can really affect the game. So again, if you're in the area, if you can make it to the game, do what you can. Um, either you know buy tickets or see maybe there's a pit season ticket holder out there who can't go, who just you know once and like I said, if you are a season ticket holder. Even if even if you have to give away the tickets for free, if you can't go, just make sure that someone is sitting in those seats. I know you can donate tickets to uh, to, to children and to families who don't really have the money to buy them. You can whatever you do, make sure that that stadium is packed and that people are wearing royal blue and that people are loud because this game is going to be huge. Uh, before we go, Panther of the week. Uh, I'll sort of go a three-way tie. I mean, Eric Hallett had a huge game, got ACC honors. Um, Israel Abanacanda, huge game, really cemented himself as a starting running back, and, and Pat Narduzzi said that he's ready to declare that uh, that Izzy is the starting running back of this team, so congrats to him. And then Kenny Pickett, who didn't even have the best game, but who continues to play well week in and week out and is raising his profile to the point that one— he is legitimately in the conversation to be a Heisman finalist and maybe even a Heisman winner. I mean, it is certainly possible that Pitt could send a player to the uh, ceremony for the first time in decades. And also, less less likely but possible that Pitt could have a Heisman winner for just the second time in history. That is, again, a combination of a lot of Heisman favorites not playing as well as expected, but also that Pitt football is playing well, and that Kenny Pickett is playing well, and they've both been pretty consistent in recent weeks. And if they keep that up, Kenny Pickett will get an invite to New York as a Heisman finalist, and he could win the thing. And also, he's starting to get real consideration for a first-round draft pick. In fact, the uh, I believe Sports Illustrated put out a mock draft, and they had Kenny Pickett first overall. Which is just incredible. Kenny Pickett, the number one draft pick. That would blow my mind. I'm pretty sure if you're listening, it would blow your mind. That not a pit outlet, not as a joke, that Sports Illustrated thinks that Kenny Pickett could go number one overall in the draft. That's just remarkable. But either way, I, I'm really starting to think that he goes uh, in, in either the first round or the second round. I think he's going to be a high draft pick, which is... Just incredible that when a guy decides to return to college, he could have gone pro last year, would have been a late pick, and he decides to come back. And you, when that happens, you want that to be worth it for the player. And fortunately, with NIL, with uh, name, image, likeness, he's been able to make it worth it by being able to make money, by being the face of this this football program in a big city. So he's able to make money as a college quarterback, which is nice. But also, he's getting himself money way more money in the future than if he had left school last year. And so anytime that a student, anytime a student decides to leave to go pro, completely understand it, and it's totally up to them, and you don't fault them one bit. But when they come back, you really want it to pay off. You really want it to be worth it. 
you don't want them to come back and say, ah, you know what, I should have just gone pro last year. You want them to come back to raise their draft stock and for that to help them make more money and have a better career. And for Kenny Pickett, that is certainly happening. And uh, he's is really climbing up the ranks in terms of national media, and it's cool to see. So that is it for this episode. Um, thank you all so much for listening. If you like this, um, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get the podcast. Uh, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, whatever. Search for Cardiac Hill and subscribe. Uh, you can also check us out on CardiacHill.com. Uh, but most importantly, again, if you're in the Pittsburgh area, if you're able to make it to this game, Saturday, 3.30, it's going to be nice weather. It's going to be a huge game. Make it. Find a way to get to the game. Wear royal blue. Scream as loud as you can. Uh, it's It's going to be a big game. And so... I'm bummed that it's looking like I won't be able to be there. If there's any way you can get there, get there. If there's any way, get there. So uh, that is it for this episode. Um, Until next week, we will be back on Tuesday. And there's going to be a whole lot to talk about. Whether Pitt wins or loses, a whole lot to talk about. So until next time, I'm Corey Cohen, signing off from Unscripted, the Cardiac Hill Podcast.